I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of The Dairy Edge, Stephen Butler discusses the role sex semen can play in the national dairy herd, and I started by asking him about the 2018 research trial. So we did a study this year in spring of 2018 and the objective was to compare this new sex semen product, Sext Ultra 4M, to compare that versus conventional semen. So the, the, just, just to start, what's the difference between this new product? Well, the big difference is that sex semen went from being 2 million sperm per straw, which was the norm up until 2018, to now having 4 million sperm per straw. There were some additional minor changes to the procedure, reduced number of steps and so on, and the belief was that this was going to result in fewer damaging steps to the sperm. So uh, potentially a higher fertility product. It's, it's being marketed in other countries already as being a high fertility sex semen product, and we wanted to evaluate that in Ireland. So we identified um, 10 bulls for inclusion in the trial. Four of those were resident in uh, a semen sorting lab, two in, two in Cogent in the UK, two in, uh, in the Netherlands. And we identified six additional bulls, three from Dovea, three from NCBC, that were to be collected daily and transported same day about five to seven hours door to door from Ireland to to the sorting lab in the UK. Um, within in each one of those uh, sorting labs, each ejaculate was processed half conventional semen, half sex semen, and those were then used on on about 160 Irish farms. Each farm using 30 conventional and 30 sex straws. Um, so this was done as the farms normally use semen. So normal heat detection practices, normal decisions around who, who you know time for AI and so on. Um, and, and roughly 50 to 70 days later, those cows were scanned, pregnancy diagnosis conducted, and we analyzed that data. And overall, across all bulls, the picture that emerged was about um, 60% conception rate to first service for conventional semen, and that was reduced about 45% for the, for the sex semen ins- inseminations. And in sex semen studies, we often talk about a relative conception rate, and the, the, that term is really used to compare how well sex semen performed relative to the conventional semen. So the relative conception rate here was about 76%. Um, so that, that's how it performed overall. When we did some further analysis on that, you know, there's quite a bit of variation between what we'll call the resident bulls, the four bulls that were actually physically in a sorting lab versus the six bulls that were being shipped to jacketed. So the, the resident bulls performed quite a bit better. The, res, the, the relative conception rate there was 84% and it was 70% for the shipped to jacketed. The study wasn't designed to compare, to, to answer that question. So we don't really know, was this just a bull effect? Was it something to do with the, the shipping and transport, transport media and so on? Uh, but, but based on the data we have, the bulls that were resident performed quite a bit better than the bulls that were shipped, or the jacketed that were shipped, sorry. So just to go back on a few things, you mentioned that the the straw used is a four has four million sperm versus previously two million. Mm-hmm. Has this ma- had an effect on the conception rates? Um, so all we can really compare is the 2013 trial, which was something similar in scale, versus the 2018 trial. So the relative conception rate hasn't improved, but the the the, the overall conception rates for both conventional and sex semen were a lot higher in 2018 compared to 2013. It didn't close the gap in terms of relative conception rate. So, I mean, I guess there's there's something that tells us that the way we use semen, sex semen in Ireland, in seasonal calving systems is not really suited to, to sex semen. And I suppose, what is the main thinking behind moving from 2 million to 4 million? 
I mean, it was really to try to lift the overall fertility of sex semen product. I mean, it's being marketed as a this is now a more robust product. It's going to be it's going to achieve higher fertility. Um, why why now? Well, part of it is just that the, the technology has moved on, and they can more efficiently get greater number of sperm sorted from a particular ejaculate with better equipment. But the time arose where they were able to double the number of sperm per straw. Is there scope to increase it from four million? And would that improve? conception rates in the sex straws yeah it's hard to answer that because you know historically where they have done small studies comparing different doses you don't really see a big improvement at four or six or even eight now six and eight million sperm per straw are economically non-viable there won't be enough straws produced from an ejaculate to pay for the amount of time and equipment that goes into sorting the ejaculate in the first place so you know the the economics of it versus the, the the benefits and fertility that would have to be stacked up but but just based on historical data, you're not going to get a big enough lift in fertility to, to justify that extra cost. And then I guess just to look at straws in general, and there was 20 million in the conventional straws. Mm-hmm. What is the optimum in a conventional straw? Uh, well, it varies, between, it varies by bull. So 20 is kind of a historical figure that if you go beyond that, you're not going to get any further improvement. Um, bulls that have, are of known fertility, sometimes they dial that down to 10 or 12 million sperm per straw because they know it's a high fertility bull. But but on average, you know, the, the entire dairy industry is usually looking at an average of somewhere between 15 and 20 million sperm per straw in conventional straws. And then if we look at the, the bigger picture, what beneficial effects do we expect to see if sex semen was used widespread in the country? Um, so, I mean, AI is used on dairy farms primarily to generate female replacement calves. You know, there's, there's some farms that are interested in their male calves too because they're, they're very high genetic worth. But for the most part, farmers are doing that to, to generate female replacement calves. So sex semen gives you that you know, 90% chance of female calf rather than 50% chance of female calf. So that's, that's the immediate draw. You know, you're, you're getting better efficiency in terms of utilizing your, your uh, expenditure on dairy semen. Um, Long term, the big benefit is eliminating or markedly reducing at least the number of male dairy calves because these are, you know, around the world, these are perceived as a a low value byproduct of the current dairy industry. And, you know, they they have limited financial value, sometimes zero financial value if it's out of a a crossbred dam. And the welfare implications of that calf are, are a growing concern. You know, the consumer is very connected to what they eat now and having these, these, these calves that have poor welfare status or that, that are slaughtered at a very young age is not something that most consumers look kindly on. Inside the farm gate then, you know, there are advantages to the farmer. I mean, if you know that you can identify, before the breeding season, you can identify your best genetic merit animals and only use them for sex semen inseminations, you're going to increase the rate of genetic gain in the herd. So, so heretofore, we did very little dam line selection in the Irish dairy industry because we couldn't, because fertility was so poor. Any cow was a potential... Um, dam for a for replacement heifer but now with good fertility and if sex semen was a good fertility product you just pick your best EBI animals those that are a combination of EBI calved long enough good condition no problems uh, young parity all these things that are likely to give you good conception and use sex semen on just those animals and use beef semen on everything else that's that that's a big structural change within you know what's going to typically happen in the spring on a dairy farm now you've got all your heifer calves being born close together you keep them as a group, and everything else that's, that's born is, is a beef cross calf. So a big structural shift in, in the, the, the calf crop of the, of the dairy farm. Something similar to the contract mating, where people with lower EBI cows would actually 
purchase calves from high EBI herds and they'd put, say, the beef straw on their own on their own cows and, you know, just acknowledging that the genetics from their herd won't offer them superior calves, you know, in the long term. So there could be opportunities for farms that have, you know, all of their animals are essentially high genetic merit animals that they could use more sex semen, generate surplus female calves for sale. Of course, yeah, that, that's an option too. But, you know, the average farm, realistically, the situation is you generate your own replacements and then everything else you put in calf to beef. And when we look at sex semen, you know, it's quite low in Ireland. Are there any countries in the world that are using it at a large scale? I, I would say up, up until two or three years ago, it was really a niche product in most countries. You know, it was small uptake. It was really focused on farmers that were specifically interested in 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 that type of technology not a huge uptake but just in the last three or four years there has been a big shift particularly in the US and and also some other, some other European countries where farmers are now latched onto the idea of, of of exactly what we just talked about using sex semen on the on the best animals possibly even incorporating genotyping into that decision so you genotype your 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 females you you incorporate genomic information to tell you who the best animals are you sex semen on those everything else gets put in calf to beef um, that this has taken off in a big way in the US. They're incorporating it with, with uh, Time to AI programs, getting pretty good performance with sex semen. Um, exact figures I don't really have because those figures are not, uh, not really public information. So, but, but just anecdotally, at least, it has taken off in a big way in, in a number of countries in the last few years. Uh, other countries more like ourselves, I, I think it's still very much a niche product in New Zealand, for example, where, where they would have much more cows than us, but it's, it's not really taken off in a, in a big way there either. How big a barrier is the conception rate relative to the conventional AI straw um, in terms of people's use of it in Ireland? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think under the, until the fertility is good enough, there probably won't be a sex semen lab in Ireland. Until it's a reliably high fertility product, there won't be a sex semen lab in Ireland. Until that sex semen lab exists, you won't have high BI animals available because at the moment those resident bulls that, that get, get, the bulls that get sent to, to a sex semen sorting lab, they're generally not the best bulls. They're, they're some, you know, they're mid-tier, but they're good, but they're, they're mid-tier. They're not the best bulls. Um, and that's, that's because of biosecurity risks or, you know, risk of losing the bull somewhere in that, 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 that process. So until there's a lab here, we're not going to have the best bulls available sorted. And until the best bulls are available sorted, farmers aren't going to take this on as, okay, I'm all in. This is, this is the way I'm going to breed my replacements now. So you have, you have a number of things that need to happen before it can actually be widely available. And th the first thing that has to happen is that we have to demonstrate that it's a, it's a reliably high fertility product. So, and, and is there any more research in the pipeline to be carried out to try and convince farmers of this? So one of the interesting things from the 2018 trial was that, you know, when we looked at the, the relative conception rate across all farms. So that is how well did sex semen perform relative to the, to the con conventional semen inseminations. There was about 25% of the herds where it worked better. Sex semen actually worked better than conventional semen. And, you know, there's, there's I, I guess, some plausible reason that um, the reason that that occurred was because on those farms, possibly their timing of insemination was better suited to sex semen than it was to conventional semen. And I think the next, the next thing we need to do is to do some work on the optimum timing of AI. What we do know now from this trial and the 2013 trial is that using sex semen, you can't just replace it. You can't just use it exactly the same way as you use conventional semen. It's not, it's, it's still a fragile product. 
we, we think now that it's just not lasting 24 hours in the female reproductive tract and that in a, in a circumstance where farmers are doing once a day AI and cows might be anywhere from two hours since the onset of heat to 20 hours since the onset of heat, that this is not good enough. Some of those cows are being inseminated way too early for sex semen to survive and we need to do a bit, bit of work to identify the optimum timing of that insemination. And and I guess, like I mean, that that would be kind of a, uh, another barrier to the the product. What what is the price currently of a sex draw? Uh, well, it varies depending on the bull, but I mean, typically in Ireland, you're looking at adding on twenty to twenty five euro onto the cost of that bull as a conventional. So it's at least twice the price. At least twice the price. Yeah. yeah. So again, that that may be another barrier. But, but you need to look at as well that uh, on the flip side of that, if you're you're going to spend less money on dairy semen. You're going to spend. You're going to shift more of it to being used as beef semen. You're going to use more beef semen, and that beef semen is typically cheaper than dairy semen. So, so the overall picture is not as you know. It's, it's not that you're doubling the amount of money you spend on semen. You're displacing conventional dairy semen with sex semen, and then the remainder is being caught up with uh, with, with conventional beef semen, which is quite a bit cheaper. So the, the overall spend is it's not exactly double, you know. And I guess on on a farm like those twenty five percent where sex semen worked better, you know, there's a huge economic benefit to the the stock that you're you're left with at the end of the calving season. You know, more heifers, maybe heifers earlier in the breeding or in the calving season, and um, so a, a uniform bunch of heifers calving down in two years' time. I suppose finally, just to pick up on the point, you mentioned that the resident bulls used in the twenty eighteen experiment had higher performance on farms than the bulls that were transported from Ireland. Is there an effect of the transporting semen? So, so this trial wasn't really designed to address that question. So we had bulls that were either resident or they were shipped, but we didn't have bulls doing both, right? So, so I couldn't really answer the question to say that, uh, that that shipping per se was bad for the semen. There's a trial that could answer that, but this was not the trial to, to answer that question. Just within the bulls that we had available, the shipped ejaculates, the bulls that had shipped ejaculates performed poorer than the resident bulls. And there are a number of potential reasons. One is that the shipping process caused some damage to the sperm for at least some of the bulls, right? So there's, there's a whole uh, area, gray area there. We don't really know what happened, but we know that on average, the bulls that had shipped ejaculates performed poorer than the bulls that were resident. So if it's, if it's, if it's a case that the shipping is bad, then you know, that's, that, that's a, an area of research to try and identify what changes need to be made to fix that, and maybe it can't be fixed. Maybe maybe the fact that it takes seven hours to get from door to door is just, you, you, just too much damage already been done and, and it can't be fixed. On the other hand, it could just be a bull effect. It could just be that the bulls that were resident were suited to, to the semen sorting process, and the bulls that were shipped, some of them were not suited to the sorting process. And that has shown up a number of times in sex semen studies, where some bulls have very little reduction of fertility after sorting, and some bulls have a big reduction of fertility after sorting. So we don't know if that's it. Third potential reason is that in the bigger scheme of things, we had a relatively small number of inseminations per bull, and in that circumstance, your estimate of the conception rate is actually somewhat unreliable, right? So we have to take all those things as potential explanations as to as to why that happened. And I suppose you know, in the in the longer term, where a sex semen lab is available in Ireland, that mightn't necessarily be an issue. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's great. Thank you, Stephen. Okay. Thanks, Emily. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Stephen Butler for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.